All right, all right, all right. Rocking and rolling. Back go. at it again. Back in the After saddle our again. rousing discussion of the rising of Christ. Now <laughs> it's the rising of my penis into your emotional butthole. There we go. I brought it back, David. You're absolutely welcome. You're super welcome. We're back, baby. That is the cold open, correct? We, we've started the show. Okay, officially. <laughs> yeah, Correct. <laughs> You know, I, I don't even. There, there's there are some things about you that are extremely vulgar and yet not vulgar at the same time, and I sometimes struggle to kind of figure out like what part of the spectrum you're on. Many people have wondered that too. David. Like, is he a super asshole, or is he just like completely like just clueless, like fish out of water nerd who maybe still hasn't figured out the social aspects of living? You know, I did do you the favor. <laughs> I did say emotional butthole this time, so you know what? I listened. You're welcome, David. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's a pre-conversation. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's good to be here back at episode number 22, I think, off the top of the dome. My name is Brian Ortiz, a.k.a. Son of Ortiz. My name is David Castillo, a.k.a. David Castle. Way less oh, interesting. Such but. a strong name, the kind of name, David, that I would imagine myself cuddling you in bed and you hold me. I'm the little spoon in this situation. And you make me feel safe like a castle, bro. Like a castle. You know, I really want to like skip sort of the, that kind of homoeroticism and like go straight into it. Let me try to do the intro for it. Let me see if it's difficult as, as it seems. Oh, okay. Well, it <laughs> looks like you're putting me on blast. You want to test it out. You want to you want to take away my beautiful like, homoerotic. Are these are loving statements about one man to another man that I should be hey, allowed listen, to make. We are in an era where like to me like the word homoerotic this is like a positive like connotations. Yeah, okay, fine. There, there then, was there then, was yes. no like subterfuge there. There was no like Okay. <laughs> dude, I'm not gay. You know, that like there was Dude, none I'm of from that. the 90s when you say homoerotic, I think I think you're trying to say it in a negative Fair connotation, enough. you know Fair what I'm enough. saying? My brain is being rewritten, but if you're telling me it's out of love, then David, all right, you want to give the intro a shot, David, take it away. You're on. I'm gonna grade you. You're on. You're on the pedestal, bro. Uh, all six of our audience members are listening to you right now, David. Go for it. Welcome everyone to Life's a Wreck, and my name is not Brian Ortiz, but I'm gonna try to do an impression of Brian Ortiz. And what is life if not a series of Something, something, and something. I totally forgot every single one of them. So I wow, am impressed dude. with your ability to Jesus recall. <laughs> Christ. Whole, first listen, of all, listen, okay. That, with, conversations, gonna, I have education. a David impression locked and ready to go at some point after <laughs> well, that travesty. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was going to just like fill in blanks, you know, like it's like uh, turnkeys, you know, like I, I didn't I didn't think that was that big of a deal. I was going to continue. I thought you were going to do, I thought you were going to say, your name, like you're going to say Brian Ortiz, but doing an impression of me when you were going to do it. And I was going to do an impression of you saying your name. My my impression of you would be somewhere in between like uh, my impression of William Hurt, which was really bad, and <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, which is really solid. So like, I, I don't think I'd quite get there. <laughs> I like how you proclaimed this, the perfect. Here's my, here's me doing an impression of you saying your name. And uh, I'm David Castillo, a.k.a. David Castle. And... Uh, Let's talk about reform, Jesus. Let's talk about philosophy. 
Also, uh, let's talk about Old Henry, one of the best movies I've seen for 2022, ladies and gentlemen. That's, Nailed it, bro. 100%, right? I think so. I don't think you got like the sort of the degree of like monotoneness. That's hard to replicate. You have to sound like if Keanu Reeves had a really bad cold and was Latino and less charismatic. Oh, then a lot then of you can... formulas. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, listen, the reason why I want to do the intro is one, calm down. Okay. Like, I haven't, like, diminished the show's quality in any way just because I can't remember the really long-winded intro that you have. A good one. The fact that I failed that is, like, testament to your ability to... It's literally one sentence, but go ahead. Yes. Because (laughs) because I wanted to ask you, first and foremost, I wanted to do you the favor of beginning with, how are you, Brian? I don't feel like... I feel like we don't do this enough. I mean, obviously, we always ask each other, but... Right. Just a clean... let's, let's, Let's... Tap the brakes on getting to the topic that we're going to get to. How are you, Brian, as a human? Well, I'm glad as you're asking person. me, David. I know that work watch is over. Uh, congratulations again. And you know, oh, we, I you. was worried because I was like, "What are we going to do? We have nothing to talk about." David's one thing in his life is gone, and I don't know what to ask him today. <laughs> but thanks for asking me, David. I appreciate it. You know, uh, how am I doing? Well. Like anything else, David, I always sit down and I ask myself, what is life? But nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another, David, which is the show format. So with that, David, I have to say, uh, I got some crazy news the last day, in the last day and a half. Uh, My grandmother died, David. My grandmother on my father's side, and I, you know, we know how that goes because I've made plenty of jokes about that. So I have been in a whirlwind of trying to figure out how to, within the last like three four hours, get home, get get to get get a plane, go deal with this this whole situation. I'm gonna have to confront a lot of emotions and feelings, uh, not as not necessarily sadness uh, for my grandmother. You know, I she was struggling at the end, so I'm glad that she's at peace. But more so, I'm gonna be dumped back into the family pile, and that's gonna be. I don't know, David. I've been thinking about that for a long time. This day's been coming for a long time, and here we are, man. I don't know how I feel. It's just a little weird. I have so many questions to ask you. I I will just admit I felt really bad because I struggled to like. Sorry for am I am I really sorry for his loss? Because I mean, it's what grandmothers do. They die, and and that was really that was a terrible answer, bro. That that was so perfectly, David. That was a terrible thing to admit, but I do genuinely feel like hey. Sorry for your loss. I'm sure she was a great woman. It seems like the women on your side of the family are fantastic, and that's really the reason why I kind of include that. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, look, I didn't have too much of a long relationship with her, for sure. More of that childhood situation, you know, when you come from a divorced home, you're forced to visit in-laws and stuff like that. So I sadly did not get the pleasure of knowing my my mom's side of the family as far as grandmothers, because her mom passed away when she was very young, and I... Always am sad that I never got to meet her. But, uh, you know, when I was a kid, man, you know, my grandma was there. She gave me money for birthdays. You know, she was nice. She fed me. Uh, She was a nice lady. She was a strong lady. That woman, she, man, she was built like a, like a freaking tank, man. She survived everything, pandemic. She's like in her 90s, you know. I mean, she was kicking to the end. So, you know, God bless that woman, those those son of Orti genes are strong, <laughs> dude. So hopefully I live to be the ripe old age that she did. And uh, God help me, we're still doing the podcast and we're 90 and we still have only eight followers at that point. <laughs> I would just die. 
to be fair, um, I, I do feel like if we've gone, if we're at like 90 years old, still doing the podcast and have no followers, I think that's a test, a strong testament to how fulfilling we've it's been to us. True. Yeah, Regardless dude. Like, think about it. Else. Two like 90 year old men <laughs> were, were just sitting in beds at these futuristic senior homes with the beds are floating, and we're just still broadcasting to ourselves at that point. <laughs> what a beautiful image, David. That's my life, man. Whether I like it or not, I'm stuck with you to the end, baby. By the way, what do you, what, uh, so I'm curious, one thing I do want to ask, like, what is it that you have to confront that's uh, so frightening to you? Man, it's all that family trauma, man. You know what I'm saying? It's It's been difficult on that side. With a couple of good eggs here and there, there's a lot of bad ones too. And so uh, when you block it out and you do what I do, which is just ignore everything until it piles up, uh, eventually you have to confront it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of past histories and ideas and you know uh, i've edu- i've been educated i've been enlightened by people like you and my mom and my friends who made me rethink and recontextualize my past you know when i look back at something i'm like you know that person was kind of a dick the entire time damn maybe they shouldn't have called me all those bad words you know what i mean like maybe they shouldn't have forced me into baseball when i had no interest in it you know <laughs> So it makes you wonder, dude. It makes you wonder. So you start rethinking that stuff, man. Don't you ever like, don't you, doesn't someone ever tell you something? You recontextualize the world and all of a sudden you look back on a part of your history and you're kind of like, yo, was that abusive? (laughs) Because it was just the 90s then, but now it's like, was that abusive? Hmm. I mean, I personally don't, but I could absolutely see why, why people would, especially people from our generation, where like we grew up at a time when like, it was just like it was a free for all. We've come a long way and knowledge has enlightened me. And now when I look back, I'm like, yikes. And so I do get to go home for some really good food. So that's a positive. But, you know, man, it's going to be like a quick turnaround for everything. So it's a little stressful. Well, uh, I really don't know what to say other than like I'll send you some good vibes. Um, I say it like, you know, well, I don't really give a shit. I do. I, like, I, abso- <laughs> I absolutely care. I, by the way, uh, if, if I seem kind of unusually sort of like, I, I don't know, like, muted or or maybe like you hear some sniffles uh man my uh we had like a flea problem at least or so we thought what so one of the things that my wife did is she just spread diatomaceous earth everywhere dude and it's just it's it's getting in the sinuses so diamond say i dude that word is too big for my dumb dumb brain what is it again diatomaceous earth diatomaceous earth what in fuck's sake is diet to, I, I can't even say it again. Diatomaceous Earth? Come on, man. You knew you were dinosaurs in, in grade school, didn't you? Do I look like I had dinosaurs on my books, bro? I had Batman. You know that. God damn it. Uh, so any, anyways, that's that's why, that's why I kind of throw that out there. If, for example, I'm responding like, oh, your grandmother died. Man, well, whatever. That's not what I'm going for. I just like, I'm, it's hard for me to like emote right. with all this diatomaceous earth in my sinuses. Right. So, the, I mean, AKA, your family death is less important than all this fucking earth in my house that's giving me allergies. Just just on the scale of what's priority and important here. You twisted just, my words, but I'm going to oh, go with your interpretation mm, because that mm. does sound more exciting. <laughs> I, why is there, why is there, uh, diametrically posed earth everywhere. What I don't so why is there earth everywhere? Because uh, we just had like a bug problem, like, and we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, I, I do enjoy that um, you're sort of getting progressively worse 
at pronouncing mm-hmm. it, which I think is great. And right. even if you're doing it ironically, that's fantastic. Dicerosis Earth, <laughs> right? Diatrodotus Earth. These all Am sound I like dinosaurs. These all sound like dinosaurs that didn't have the right amount of chromosomes. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the one that Mr. Grant did not categorize in Jurassic Park. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope you fix your bug problem, so then maybe you can have a little sympathy for what I'm about to go through, David, you son of a bitch. Uh, but, David, we've talked enough about my garbage, which will probably come back again in the podcast, because it always does, right? And I'll have, a, I'll have a fresh batch of new weird family problem stories to tell you, because clearly the dynamic here is that you've had a perfect life, and I am just a shit show of a man trying to walk through Earth get my hands into this diametrotic earth and just live my life, dude. But I can't, I can't. <laughs> Did I nail it? Is that, it? is that right? That's yeah. how you say it, right? Uh, you're, you're just, you're for some reason mm-hmm. you're starting to sound more like Barry Pepper from Firestorm in my head. I didn't like, no, your, I'll never, <laughs> I can never sound like you do. You're the Barry Pepper master here, bro. I am not the Barry Pepper man. You, are, you've nailed that voice to this day. That's your 100% perfect impression. I think what I mean is like every time you say that word, it's starting to make me feel like uh, hallucinogenic. <laughs> like you start not. questioning yourself if you've said it wrong because I've said it wrong so many times at this point. Anyway, listen, we've talked enough about diatomaceous <laughs> earth. Right, right, right. Diatrotritis, my source, swords, earth. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we can, I think, move on to the topic at hand. And- you know, I was hoping, David, you know, we, yeah, we've talked enough about you. Let's take our shovels. Place it in the diametratic earth and lift it open and find inside, we'll discover together the bones of the topic. What is the topic for today? Smooth transition. Nailed it. 100%. No, I'm not going to let you smoothly transition at all because you keep going to these analogies about like penetration. We're, mm-hmm, we're going we're mm-hmm. to unpack that you know, one of these days. We're, we're gonna... We are going to unpack that, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, David, what is the topic? We've talked too long. What is the topic, David? So I want to talk about the movie Body Parts. Body Parts was uh, directed by Eric Red. Um, Eric Red also did The Hitcher, Bad Moon, which I think is underrated. Um, and it start Jeff Fahey. Who uh, I think is, I'm not going to say underrated actor, but um, anyways, it's a horror movie about, uh, wait, do you remember this? Or should I just explain it real quick? David, I, I don't, I do not remember body parts. It's been way too long, but so re- refresh me, refresh the audience. So for those that don't, uh, that don't remember this movie, that's very underrated, I would even consider a horror classic. It's just a movie Ooh. in which Jeff Fahey, um, who starts the film out by interviewing a uh, serial killer, um, has a car accident that requires him to get his arm amputated, and they replace his arm with a convict's arm. And okay. in this case, a serial killer's arm. And what happens? Right. He, he starts kind of that sort of imposter syndrome. Uh, he starts, you know, that arm starts kind of almost take over. Oh, and, yeah. and it's it's a real it's but the funny thing is it's super schlocky there's one of the most <laughs> over-the-top car chases in this movie so what seems like maybe kind of like a sort semi-grounded semi-philosophical horror uh-huh. film is, is kind of done in a mostly like just kind of schlocky uh, over-the-top way by the way brad dorf is in it as well i forgot about that Ooh, i love me some brad dorf and um and of course the cool th- the thing i love about this movie is that he starts locating other guys who were also used 
from this like uh also used as quote unquote you know body parts for the serial killer oh, right shit. so for example like brad dwarf's character was like i think ends up with his other arm or like a hand or something like that yeah um, but anyways uh, movie's fantastic but the reason why i ask you about body parts whether you've seen it or not whether you remember it or not is right. is this concept because I, I was really like fascinated by the conversation we had the other day about like easter and so I, I really wanted to kind of pose this question to you about this concept of evil living in the skin as opposed to anywhere Ooh. else supernatural yada yada that's it's I, I think that's even like a literal like word for word quote that jeffy he asks himself when he's uh doing a or voice recorder like does, does evil live in the skin i can't do a jeff fahey impression he's got a really specific voice you know david that's an int- that's interesting that really brings up a very interesting point because i i used to think about like what if uh, i was in a some type of serious accident and I, same concept right and what if like the i needed a blood transfusion but that blood came from like a murderer or a serial killer do you know what i'm saying do i now have that evil in me and evil is such a concept uh, it's just a floating concept you know what i'm saying right. and, and people are people define what is evil and it's just a notion an idea technically uh, that we define as humans but i have always thought about that i was like how far does my upbringing dictate how i feel and the truth is, even though I know that that's not true, there's no science that proves that just because you put a serial killer's blood in me, I'm going to become a serial killer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there, I, Part of me still has the leftover religious education and upbringing where I'm like, my blood flows with sin, David. Sin. So there's a, like a little thing in the back of my head that is just gnawing at me, telling me that like, maybe you should kill because now you've got the blood of a killer, Brian. <laughs> these are real things i've thought about in bed david just so you know i don't do drugs by the way i just lay in bed and i i think of this kind of stuff man <laughs> to me like you know your comic books are your drugs same thing for okay first of all rude all right we all have our drug bro let me see that magic the gathering card set you got in the back dude oh, how much money oh, you spent on that dude shit. Uh, do you want me to give you a number two thousand on one deck wait Two thousand cards or two thousand dollars? No, two thousand dollars for seventy-five oh, cards. What? Get you fucking nerd! <laughs> oh, Jesus, David, is there a locker near you, man? Because I need to shove you in it, dude. I shove you so hard in that fucking locker. So you know, I'm I'm surprised you still even because you know I I thought maybe you would just consider even just the concept of evil. Oh, well, this is like the concept of evil is for private just religious people, right? People that still believe in the concept of heaven, hell. Uh, you know, sort of that comic book sort of lens or comic book level themes, Constantine-esque, like, you know, freaking angels at war and demons and yada, yada, yada. Um, so uh, so I'm kind of surprised that, um, I mean, do you just find the concept just, you know, mostly like, ah, well, you know, we want, it's, it's just us. It's us in our environment. That's what's evil. It's, it has nothing to do with some sort of extraneous or superficial or supernatural force that influences us. No. Yeah, evil. Okay, evil definitely is it is something that is not. I don't think it's supernatural. Uh, I I don't I don't I know for a fact that I can't. You can't give me a talisman and be like it was cursed by the Jobachu. You know what I'm saying? And then I put it on, and then I become evil. Like I know that's not a thing, right? But I still think my brain finds it 
easy to attribute a spiritual sense to it, to explain it, even though I absolutely don't. And for those that were raised in a Catholic house or have Catholic guilt or went to Catholic school for their entire life, it does be it's hard to rewire some of that stuff. And so I know that evil, as defined as for me more uh, something that is a moral barometer that I just made up myself because I grew up, right? That's what determines what my actions or someone else's actions are evil, whatever I have personally attributed my philosophy to what evil is, right? Um, and I don't think it comes from a spiritual sense. I think it comes from an internal sense and something that I have learned over conversations and philo- philosophical conversations and, uh, you know, experience. But I don't think it comes from something supernatural, and I don't think it can be given to us, even though uh, if I had if I had serial killer blood in me, David, I might want to kill. So uh, let me just like add something, because again, I don't want to okay. like I'm really interested in what you think, and I don't want to like kind of be that part of that conversation. But okay. <laughs> when I think of evil, I don't necessarily think of something supernatural, right? Because like you know, what do sort of agnostics or atheists generally believe? Well, it's it, okay. Well, you know, we don't believe that uh, you know God created us. We believe that the universe created us. So perhaps you can ask that que- that same question in that context, which is, okay, maybe it doesn't have to do with like demons and angels, but can the universe be evil? And so have you ever felt Whoa. like, have you ever felt like there was just, you did something in the past or something happened to you? Like, you know, you have all kinds of family trauma, family issues, something that happened that you just felt like was beyond the person's control, your control, something you did where you just felt like, man, it's like, yeah, I, I take responsibility, but like, what the whatever it was that possessed me like my god that's that perhaps that's something that is just beyond my control and i don't mean like you not taking the blame for something right there was Mm -hmm. even a uh a case this is this is a terrible example but just kind of you know show you what i mean which is kind of like destroying this notion of like freedom right uh there was a case where a gentleman i think this was in like the 90s of course it's in the 90s Sure, of course, um, everything's in the night. <laughs> that killed his wife, but got uh-huh. away with it because he was sleepwalking, and the jury found that that was a valid explanation. Whoa! Um, so I, again, we're not going to call sleepwalking evil, but you kind of get where I'm going with that concept. Um, you know, listen, like I'm not saying sure. you. Did you ever look in the mirror and look like Sam Neill from Event Horizon? No, that's not what I'm asking. But <laughs> wait, wait, like. Sam Neill, like pre eyes out or with post eyes in? <laughs> post eyes big... out. Okay. Because <laughs> if I just saw myself as Sam Neill, I'd be like, look pretty good, Brian. Getting pretty good in that age there, buddy. Wait a second. I mean, he was sucking in his gut a lot before his eyes come out. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah, but oh. I, I like to think of like Jurassic Park Sam Neill shows up in my mirror. You know what I'm saying? Not Event Horizon. But if we're talking like post eyes popped out, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a problem. God, what a movie, dude. What a movie, man. I I used to... Do you remember that crazy... They would smash cut to the previous crew, spoilers, uh, who were like... Yes. Sodomizing themselves and killing themselves because they had all gone crazy. Throwing up intestines. Yeah. Now, did you ever slow it down on your VCR? Oh, yeah. To see... I totally did that too, man. There was, I swear to you, and maybe I'm making this up. I think I swear, I thought I saw someone with a sword doing something sexual with it to some other person or some crap. It was insane. Man, if you were a kid in the 90s, that that whole section really lived like, 
you'd go to school, right? I don't know if you did it. I'll go to school and be like, dude, did you see the, did you see the sex crazy scene in the middle of Event Horizon? And it was such a taboo, dangerous, evil movie back in the day, man. You know, did you ever run into that for that movie? Did you ever get like, yo, it's so demonic and evil. And it's going to screw you up forever. I did, man. Like my, uh, my friend in high school and I just, uh, just saw it in the theaters and we were just fucked up after that. That movie really fucked up a lot of kids. <laughs> And I'm proud of that, man. That was a crazy movie at its time. It was silly now, but crazy then. I mean, before then, you didn't have like a kind of a real sort of visual for like hell that felt like something sinister. You know, every other vision for hell kind of felt like a comic book. It was kind of like over the top and and sort of. You didn't think Hellraiser, Clive Barker Hellraiser interpretation of hell was hell-like or creepy? Only because, like, I never got the sense that I... It, it didn't feel like the sort of Christian hell. Oh, okay. David, just a quick poll, and I'll answer your question. Quick poll. If you had to be stuck in Event Horizon hell or Cenobite hell from Hellraiser, which hell would you like to be stuck in? What is the name of the actress from the first um, uh, Hellraiser? It's the, the sort of the older woman, the, the MILF. No, no, no. Oh, the MILF? I feel bad about using that word. I'm sorry. Um, I just, like, I don't... <laughs> my, the reptilian part of my brain just spoke. <laughs> like, I couldn't think of another way to just, you know, just... Uh, I think she was, like, some British actress. Anyways. Well, first of all, yes. Uh, we here at the podcast, we apologize in advance. Very lizard brain moment. Don't worry about it, David. So, to answer your question, the MILF was Claire Higgins. There you go. Yes. Like, for some reason, dude, like, Super I was... Super MILF. Uh, I, I thought, yeah, so if, if I'm like, yeah, I'm being like skinned alive and tortured, but as, as long as I get that in addition to sort of, you know, being eviscerated for all eternity, that to me is better than Sam Neill eyes out, man. Like that's, that's not a guy I want to be around for very long. No, I guess that's true. I think, yeah, probably Pinhead is a lot more interesting conversationalist than like eyes out religious zealot nut Sam Sam Neill. That's a good point, David. I feel like I really... That was a very intense question. I feel like I learned a lot about you. That, like, I love that your deciding factor is MILF-based. Oh, that's that's a good point. Hold on. What happened to your eyes? Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. What are you talking about? I don't know if that was any good. That's mm, fuck. Okay. All right. Look, I really appreciate the, the diet Sam to me. Is just Earth is fucking me up, dude. Dude, I'm telling you, the Dombo Trad of Earth is really bad. <laughs> Screwed all of us up, man. Don't let it get in your ears, people. The Dombo Trad of Earth is going to get in your ears. It's going to screw you up for the day, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate the Sam Neill. I can't even bust it out because I can't even remember what Sam Neill sounds like half the time because it's that soft British voice. Do you know what I'm saying? He's not British. What? What? <laughs> what no, is... yes, he is, isn't he? You know, I'll let you look it up on IMDb or whatever you need to do to confirm. Listen, I may not have the encyclopedic knowledge that you do, but my memory works. You okay, and that's the difference. He's from the. Okay, I'm was close, dude. He's from. The... He was born in North Ireland, UK. Okay, so close enough. All right. <laughs> He's got an accent. Well, you know, I'm not even gonna pretend. Hey, listen, like I'm not gonna give you too much grief. Like for the longest time, I thought John Lithgow was British, and he's not. And I'm like, really? What? You psychopath, I man! Feel- <laughs> how was that? How was that realization? Where did you realize that he wasn't British? Were you was- watching a documentary and freaked out? No, it was when I showed Nicole Cliffhanger, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, but that's so recent. Exactly. And she's like, <laughs> oh what are you talking about? Is he British? Oh, my God. I had no idea. Oh, he's not British. I'm like, what? 
Oh, dude, you're, that must have been a, a, a moment where your world kind of like shifted for a second. It you're collapsed. Like, oh. <laughs> it absolutely yeah, collapsed. Yeah. Uh, the truth is like you went into a, a state of shock and you were just laying in bed for like five days recontemplating John Lithgow's career and questioning your sanity. He plays such a British financial terrorist so convincingly of cliffhanger that like I just, I thought, yeah. And I saw that movie wow, when David. I was young. So that was that was my main John Lithgow memory, besides John Lithgow and Ricochet, which is one of my favorite silly action oh, movies. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. All right, David, I pro- I've, I've, I've talked about enough about hell and Demetri Earth. So oh, let me God. tell you my answer. Lindsay Wagner. My answer is, um, I there was a, there's a moment that to this day, I still don't know what possessed me to do. Like It's a, it's a childhood thing, so it's not... Anything like super recent? I didn't murder a dog and was like, "What happened?" I woke up with blood all over me. You know what I mean? I remember when I was a kid, though, like when you're in a fugue state, and I was—I just don't know why I did it. I remember I was in the fourth grade, and there was this first grader who was mocking me about something on me. I think I was like wearing a cross. This is—I was in Catholic school, people. So you know, this is the kind of shit you get into. Um, I was wearing like a cross and he was making fun of my cross for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, oh. And maybe like religion or something. And I remember like my blood boiling in a, as a fourth grader. I was like, this little fucking piece of garbage, right? Like making fun of a Lord Jesus. Like I just, I feel like I blacked out. And then like when I, when I came to, I had his underwear in my hand and I lifted it like, I had lit, I was holding him <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> so you like experienced evil by just like coming possessed and wedging the shit out of somebody. That was the worst memory because I because then <laughs> all the guilt came into the realization of what I did, and I was like, oh, "What happened?" And like I, to this day, I'm not a man of violence, but I don't know what what broke in me. And what the devil did to me, David, he must have possessed my soul, bro. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, I just woke up with this, God bless this kid. Um, You know, I never talked to him again, and I feel bad about it, but this poor kid was lifted off, like, you know, at least four or five inches off the ground with his underwear rammed up his cornhole, dude. And I feel really bad to this day, man. I don't know what came over me. I can't even explain it. I live with that guilt every day. You you seem like someone that genuinely does too, because the way you hold your arms up in that wedgy position, like you look like you're sort of trying to kind of make amends, like you're praying to God. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's my it's part pain for him and also redemption pain for me, <laughs> David. I'm pretty that man, that, that dude, underwear just straight out of his fucking shorts, just like in the movies, man. And I was like, I remember all my fourth grader strength just. Aah! just lifting this kid screaming oh and make matters worse i think it was like in the beginning or i think it was in the beginning of school and all the kids have to wait in one area before going into classes and stuff where they like a drop-off point so it was either at the beginning or the end of the day so like i was surrounded by a mixture of first graders all the way up to like sixth graders and here i was just lifting this kid in the air with all of my strength dude and i was just like this is the worst moment of my life uh, i think you say the worst part is like he shit himself and i'm just like oh well that's i, I that's... really just you know again weird fugue state i feel like something came over me some t- some type of evil rain from below 
crept up into my butthole and then turned me into a monster for that moment, David. And I expunged it with the power of Jesus when I was a child. You know, listen, for all the like talk about like, oh man, you know, you're you're so put together, David Castle and me, son of Orthy, I'm just so fucked up. You yeah, know, you, like you like one of the things I, I think people would typically say if if they could if you know even like somebody that's agnostic or whatever that kind of like ugh, you know yeah of course I don't believe in the concept of evil but I guess if I ever felt possessed I could talk to about times like I was under like you know sort of you know substance abuse you've never had that you've never had like a drinking problem a smoking problem that I'm aware of uh, no I don't that never is an issue I think I'm just more plagued by my own personal demons of judgment you know what I'm saying. And I punish myself, even though I have nothing to attribute to that or the cause of that or nothing as a factor in like drinking or drugs or whatever. I just have my own personal, you know, depressive guilt that tells me I'm a piece of shit every day. Man, so you're possessed and drunk off guilt. That's what I'd expect as somebody with a Kroll poster. You, the- you know, I'm not going to react to that, bro. I know that you want to get something out of me. You want to piss me off, so I go rage blind. I have the devil inside of me. I'm not going to let it happen, bro. I'm I'm civilized now, dude. I'm almost 40. I got to control my anger, bro. See, like, and I don't know that you can, because I, I want to start talking about Batman and how much worse it got on rewatch, and that Nicole watched it and agreed with me. All right, look, dude. Just, just let it gonna, happen. This is what's going to happen. Let it happen. This is going to happen. We are going to arrange... A podcast episode with you, me, and Rick. We're going to sit down and we're going to hash this shit out once and for all, okay? We're going to have a three-way brawl for this goddamn movie. Whether it's good or bad, we'll all decide that day. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be Rage in the Cage, the Bat versus Rick versus David, all right? With Brian there also. So just FYI. David, have you... I know you're a perfect man. We've talked about this. Like, have you ever once... Uh, I'm before you became super cynical, but also extremely tapped into the world. Did you ever believe in evil? Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know what? You know what? Where I always thought it manifested too, because uh, this absolutely scared the shit out of me. I always thought it manifested in like uh, like the weather, like so tornadoes, for example, like tornadoes. Oh, interesting. Took on a very sort of apocalyptic sort of religious apocalyptic kind of theme for me so like that that was the time that i prayed the most is when like the fucking sirens would be going off in fort worth and i'm like fucking oh my god please don't let this shit take me away oh my god that's right you grew up near a shit ton of tornadoes right i mean it's not technically tornado alley but you know no but you're up there you know what dude i have a fear of like those i've never i've never experienced it once in my life but i've seen them in movies but the ominous uh, uh, city horn of emergency that just like Ooh, yeah that starts blaring is Even the now. scariest thing to me in the world. And you experience that? Yeah, yeah. We had we had a lot of scares in Fort Worth. Not not oh as like it's not near as bad as like because it's not technically part of Tornado Alley, which is like Oklahoma and shit like that. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, like up in North Texas, like you know, you definitely got like some you know thunderstorms get bad enough where like there are like. You know, they're smaller tornadoes, but but you're still like, you know, you never know, especially in the, I don't want to say era of climate change because it's been going on for a while, but I mean, like... Um, Watch your mouth, sir. There's people out there. <laughs> oh, shit. My, my bad. My bad. <laughs> get the fuck so off. Did you feel, did you think like evil tornadoes would take like 
David and just toss him into the air? Like, did you feel like, oh, God, the tornado devil's well, coming after me? Well, hold on a second. Remember, those a lot of the tornadoes, like, depending on, on the Fujita scale, like, had nicknames from tor- storm chasers, right? So, like, an F5 could often be called, like, I think they call it, like, the finger of God, but also, like, the devil, oh, yeah. the devil's tail, you know, that kind of shit. Um, oh, shit. Or, I guess, devil's dick if you want to be a dick about it and crass. And Hells, yeah, dude. So, no, like, it, that completely had, like, the, the connotations were always there. Uh, just right. for me as a kid, all I knew was, holy shit. Like, what, I mean, like, what am I supposed to do? I can't do anything about this. God, you're supposed to do something about this. <laughs> Get off your fucking ass and do something, God. Save me from the devil's dick. <laughs> I like to imagine you just screaming the devil's dick into the air, panicking as a kid. Oh, God, the devil's dick. I, ah, it's going to penetrate me. I think my parents probably would have beat the shit out of me then. Like, if, if <laughs> that is... Your dad was like, we're going to go box. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't think he would have asked to box. It wouldn't have been polite. It just like, you know, just a shot to the liver and I'm out. A shot. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna punch the devil out of you. Listen, you, you know he he knows you know like okay I don't want you know wife here to see if I damn you know bust up my son. Let's go to the body that way we don't leave any trace. <laughs> you got a glove or a bag of oranges? They won't leave bruises. All right, people, <laughs> that's how you get past it. Okay, it's it's the phone book school of torture. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, old school parenting. Hey, I found a quote, Doctor Weir. From Event Horizon. I'll try my Sam Neill. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> try my Sam Neill impression to match you up. I think these, I think, I don't remember this scene, so I think he's crazy at this point. Let's see. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Here we go. He, so it says here laughing. So he's probably like, <laughs> The ship brought me back. I told you she won't let me leave. She won't let anyone leave. Did you really think you could destroy the ship? She's defied space and time. She's been to a place you couldn't possibly imagine. And now it's time to go back. What was that, Danny? Uh You know, the spirit was there. The okay, ac- yeah, the we, accuracy, I'll take it. Yeah, the accuracy wasn't there, but the spirit was. I give you, hey, I'll I, take the spirit, bro. That's not bad for having almost no memory of his voice in this movie. So I will, I will take it. I will <laughs> Take he's it. definitely gone crazy at this point and like the way he's <laughs> delivering lines at this point which by the way we don't talk enough about like sam neill like chewing scenery i think people always oh, kind of think of totally. like sam neill like in the mouth of madness fantastic Ooh, so over the top what about merlin did you like him in merlin oh my fucking god dude like these you know whenever you ask me about like stuff that you've seen i'm mm-hmm. always skeptical and i don't want to answer i don't even want to go down that path no i didn't watch it how dare you first of all it's fucking brilliant <laughs> he did it literally right after event horizon that was his next oh, job God, merlin from 1998 so all right just saying all right shout out for all my merlin sam neil merlin fans out God, there dude. let me know send me them gifts because I, I never see any man <laughs> never see any of those jesus sorry i'll let you continue my bad i was dominating there for a moment i i don't think i had like i think i was i was talking too much on your episode because again we go back to the concept of evil. Does it live in the skin? Oh, that gets like a worse, worse as I try to do it more often. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything such any any such thing as a good Jeff Fahey impression, though. You know, he, he, here's the thing too. I have I I want to be uh, evolved, but I still have this side of me that I, maybe a lot of there's a lot of millennials and people out there who know what I'm talking about. Where there's a side of you that is uh, raised. In a world of science and understanding, 
of discussion and conversation, especially nowadays. But then there's still a part of you that is old school that is left by your parents, whether it's Catholic guilt or a religious uh, context of your life or the structure was there. And these two uh, diametrically opposed ideas, right? Whether the earth was created in seven days by God versus... No, the meteors hit each other and <laughs> gravity pulled a bunch of rocks together and the earth was formed, right? Same thing, right? Man is not uh, possessed to be evil. Man is inherently evil. And that's just who they are. That's just part of nature. And we define what evil is through our own lenses, you know? So it's hard because I feel like I still am a logical man. But there's times, man, where I just think to myself, that man's possessed by the devil. That's what's happening. That's how the only, that's the only explanation I can think of. That man's the devil. Uh, honestly, I, I think that's a really smart way of looking at it. I, I don't think it's crazy. I think it's great to be like to struggle with like ideas and understanding. Uh, you know, because you know, it's like the the whole like cliche like a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous. You know, it's it's the people that are certain of themselves that are like the fucking dangerous ones. But also, like, I, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But, but <laughs> the, also, the sure people are actually really scary. Actually, yeah. But also, like, I think it's also kind of a way of simplifying things that maybe, like, can't be simplified. Um, so I don't think it's crazy to kind of feel, like, torn between, like, different directions, feel like, well, this is, you know, it's got to be, like, something else. I don't, I don't know. You know, because I think maybe that's sort of what religion was trying to sort of respond to, trying to simplify right. the world with the, you know, myth making and storytelling. Um, and so, uh, to me, that, that wish, makes perfect sense. I wish that I, I wish that I could blame bad and evil actions on some sort of physical idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, clearly, um, you know, me, Brian Ortiz, I was an asshole to that person, but you know, it's because <laughs> stupid me, I carried an ancient blood coin that I found by accident <laughs> in an antique shop and it just messed with my brain for the weekend. You know, like it would be nice to have an excuse but I don't think there's an excuse for evil. I just think you're you're evil. Let me ask you this, David. Do you believe evil is... Do you feel that one is born with it, whether it be genetically, or do you think it's learned? Do you th what do you have an idea that's not... doesn't have to be religious-based, but do you have an idea of how evil exists in somebody? I, I think to the extent that it does, it's, it, it's sort of a lot of kind of... Um, psychologies and history that a person assembles that becomes like a runaway train where they they no longer struggle with ideas and that to me is like there's something that like just feels evil about somebody who doesn't struggle with ideas somebody who doesn't respect what they don't know over what they do you know david the scariest thing is someone who is absolutely sure about something. You know what I'm saying? You know, David, some might say you are a pretty sure man yourself, my guy. You seem to really have it all together. David, are you inherently evil? I don't know. There, there's a question. Listen, there's a difference between being sure and being mm -hmm. confident that your argument has been well constructed and well thought out. It's a major difference. Gotcha. There's a major difference. Gotcha. David, big question. We've been talking about evil. We've been talking about Sam Neill. Uh, but I really, my, the question that I can't stop thinking about though, like is what is the most fucking expensive card in that magic, the gathering deck? Cause you just $2,000 is so much money. So what is the most expensive card that you got? So here's what you got to remember about magic, which is you, if you play competitive, typically you can only play up to four copies of the same card. Um, okay. so 
you know, if you have a $100 card, well, that's basically $400 if you're going to play competitively. The most expensive card is uh, $30 per card. So it's not like the cards themselves aren't like super expensive. Copy and that. so the, like okay. the, the volume just kind of gets me. David, do you know what the most expensive card is? Yeah, it's the Black Lotus. In fact, this this is actually something that got popularized by Martin Shkreli. You remember that uh, Pharma Douche Bro? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. where I know that name from. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, I think, uh, like $60,000 in like a near mint condition. Yeah, it's... it's. Look, hey, how do we bring him back? We want to talk about what's pure evil. Martin Shkreli, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, that is the heart of evil, man. That man is a heartless gruesome bastard for a multitude of reasons dude a multitude of reasons good <laughs> lord david we've reached that part of the show you know there's nothing nothing ends a show quicker than talking about martin screlly uh so like you know uh you brought a great topic to the table today man like you know thank you for that uh I love this kind of debate and this conversation. Also talking about body parts really makes me want to go watch body parts. Please do. Which I'm definitely going to do. But before I watch body parts, David, this is the part of the show where we have to reflect about what we have learned about one another. And today, since you were asking me questions, David, what did you learn about me today, dude? Cue the music. I hope it's a nice, soft lullaby type song. I really enjoy those. Always. And I enjoy those because I think it's particularly fitting for this particular scenario, which is I feel like we didn't get a ton of information out of you. And I think there's a reason for that. I think the reason is that most of us, no matter how put together we seem on the surface, uh, struggle with vices. And it's easy to not accept responsibility and to, you know, shift that blame towards either others or the vices themselves, whether it's alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, yada, yada, yada. And what I learned about you is that you're a man that you don't, like, you sort of, you can't seem to sympathize with this concept, even if you understand it, even if you feel it in your bones, precisely because you don't have a lot of those traditional vices that most people have. Mm. And I say that because that's where you need to learn to stop being so hard on yourself because unlike most people it's not it's not like i'm not trying to say your problems are self-inflicted but just that unlike most people your problems are problems you can control can reverse whereas for a lot of people these problems you know are are dependent on the objects themselves that they're obsessed with or you know whatever the case may be so uh, no matter how much you beat yourself up, Brian, what I've learned is that kind of like, you know, the sort of Christ and the uh, self-flagellating, you punish yourself a lot, too much, mm-hmm. but know that in the end, you're sort of still the author of your own fate, man. And and um, that was deep. That last statement hit hard, dude. Hit real hard in my uh, in my emotional butthole. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I gotta bring it back. No, I, don't, David. I don't. I gotta bring it back. I, I, like I'm not. I'm not still torn on this like emotional butthole phrase. Like it's not. I'm just following your lead. I'm just. <laughs> you. You know. You said I could say that, so I'm just gonna go with the emotional butthole. But David, that is beautiful. I thank you for that. That really, actually, as always, I have something to actually think about now about myself and a different idea that I didn't even recognize about myself. So I thank you for that, man. That's so beautiful. Um. Dude, that's that's amazing. That's the end of the show already. Look at that, David. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a good time today. Uh, if you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, share, 
give us five stars give us a review if you like what you heard then give us five stars and we might read that review if you hate what you heard and still give us five stars and a, and a bad review we'll still read that ladies and gentlemen um, we'd love to hear from you about topics of conversation questions for us or any advice that you might want us to answer for you from our years of experience you know ranging from um what is it uh the devil's penis tornadoes all the way to wedging a first grader we can answer all of those questions for you and you can email us at wreckthepod at gmail.com that's rec the pod at gmail.com you can also reach out to us on twitter at wreck the pod at rec the pod ladies and gentlemen and instagram and tiktok coming soon ladies and gentlemen as soon as i get off my lazy butt and start making content for it so with that ladies and gentlemen david any final thoughts before we leave i'm just glad that the credits have rolled in surviving the game and like that's where um ice tea Walking, walking towards, away. walking away, and rest in peace, Abuelita. I'm glad you got a job, David, you lazy, lazy man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Ortiz, a.k.a. Son of Ortiz. And it was David Castillo, a.k.a. David Castle. And thank you for listening. We can't wait to hear you at the next one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, David, uh, I'm, I'm saying on the podcast when we have our first live show, I think I need to be redeemed. And the only way to redeem that is for you to give me a wedgie in front of all of our audience, because that's the only way I'll probably ever feel okay with my actions, David. I, I don't even know what to say. This That's the perfect ending. <laughs> we'll see you later, everybody. Bye, everybody. Go watch Body Parts. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>